Are you a friend of the theatre? Well, if you are, then join us this week on our Patreon-only exclusive This With The Thing podcast, where Players Club member and maritime attorney Brody D. Khan Esquire sits us down and tells us the life and legacy of actor Edwin Booth, one of the greatest actors who ever lived, eclipsed by his younger brother, who, well, wasn't such a good actor but blew the president's head off. But besides that, let us not forget the legacy of Edwin Booth. Yes, Brody Dalton Khan Esquire, maritime attorney and amateur thespian, will come through and tell us about his time on the tour of Shrek, much like Edwin Booth. All you have to do is join our Patreon level at $5 a month. That's Old Lucy level or above, or as Edwin Booth would have said, ye old Lucy level and above. Five dollars a month, which in Edwin Booth's time bought you the state of Kentucky. You know what to do at this point. Come listen to the life of Edwin Booth. Hey, listeners. Let's imagine that you have invested all your time into a TV series, and on the last episode, they pull the rug out from under you and leave you as unsatisfied as a night with Ray Hebel. If you were angry about how The Sopranos just... Or how on the last episode of Dexter, Dexter ended up... Or the Seinfeld crew, literally... Okay, just times that by a thousand, and that's just one-tenth of the anger that was felt when the loyal viewers of St. Elsewhere sat down to watch the show's last episode. The St. Elsewhere finale and the fallout of their trickery on this week's This Was a Thing. I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at the last episode of the 1980s medical drama Saint Elsewhere. This was a thing because it was the first time the finale of a TV series was deemed as controversial because of the way they just pretty much told their audiences to go fuck themselves. If you were angry, folks, at the last episodes of Game of Thrones... Dexter and The Sopranos. Well, the last episode of St. Elsewhere is to blame, but also according to the St. Elsewhere finale, none of those other television shows were ever even there to begin with. Confused? You won't be after this week's episode of This Was a Thing. Do you know what that's from? Confused? You won't be after this week's episode of Soap. Oh, Soap. Soap. Any soap fans out there? I mean, I love to bathe. (laughs) That's (laughs) <laughs> you could have fooled me. Uh, uh, now, I'm going to ask you, Raymond, Michael, Hebel, did you ever watch St. Elsewhere? No, but I'm also, I'm not a Catholic, so I feel like that's not really up my, it's not up my uh, 
<laughs> TV radar. All right. So, folks, we're going to have to go back a little bit to talk about what led up to what made the finale of St. Elsewhere controversial. So we're going to go all the way back to the golden age of television to start all of this off. Television used to be very, very realistic in terms of saying, hey, this is the world that we're creating and that there's a reality to it. But a different kind of reality, Ray. This sort of reality was we are going to respect the audience and the audience will respect us in return. Wow. Right? That's right? pretty nice. But at some point, television decides to like push the boundaries a little bit with its television viewers and starts to go, I wonder how much we can start to like get away with. And the first example of this that we see is in the 1960s television show, Bewitched. Because if you remember, on Bewitched, there was Samantha, the wife, and she was married to Darren. And Darren was played by a guy named Dick York. Ah. And then one day, Dick York wasn't there anymore, but the actor Dick Sargent was there, who kind of looked nothing like Dick York. And you were like, who's this, her new husband? And she was like, hey, Darren. And they never once mentioned the fact that Darren number one and Darren number two were totally different people. They didn't even give Darren number two like a different name. We were just supposed to assume that he had been playing Darren the entire time. They're both named Dick. What else are people going to notice? Okay. They just see the title card and they're like, oh, Dick's still on the show. Dick's here. Good for Dick. It's continuity. He's a great worker. Great worker, Dick. Dick. That Dick is a top notch actor. Okay, so that's the first time where TV is like, let's just test the waters about how much an audience is willing to accept. And then here comes the big one. Not as big as St. Elsewhere, but it's big nonetheless. We're going to go to the 1980s, and we're going to go to the TV show, the hit TV show, Dallas, which is one of the most popular soap operas on television. Howdy. Now, now there was an actor on Dallas named Patrick Duffy. Sure. And Patrick Duffy, he's like the dad on Step by Step. Step by Step. Day by day, day by day. And I think he still does like television commercials and TV movies and stuff. He's a really great actor. Anyway, he played a character on Dallas named Bobby. And Bobby was this huge, huge character that absolutely everybody loved. And that's kind of one of the reasons like you were tuning in. And Larry Hagman, who played JR, who was like a big star on the show, he had a really close relationship with Patrick Duffy. And he they got along really, really, really called well. Called him Patty Duffs. He called him, oh, you're doing it, Patty Duffs. <laughs> so that's how, he had a nickname for him. And Patrick Duffy would go, I'm fine, Mr. Hagman. <laughs> so it's nice to show that respect. But Patrick Duffy is obviously this massive star now because of Dallas. And he wants to leave the show to pursue other work. And so they decide, okay, we're going to kill you off on Dallas because he's like, I want to leave the show and I want to make sure there's like no opportunity for me to ever be tempted back. So on air, he gets run over by a car, (laughs) like on the the, he gets run over by a car and you're like, boom, he's dead. He's not coming back. Do they do the obligatory like shot of the car, like bouncing up over his body? Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) Okay, good. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. So Patrick Duffy leaves. And a couple of things happen. When he leaves, the star of the show, Larry Hagman, is kind of like, this is no fun anymore. Like, I, I, where's my best friend? I don't like doing this anymore. My BFF Patty Duff. <laughs> so there's some rumors. They're like, oh, shit, we think Larry Hagman's going to leave the show because his friend isn't there. But more importantly, Patrick Duffy, God bless him, no, there was no work coming in. Like, he just, he left. It's sort of that, like, Shelley Long thing, which was, we're going to leave, but there's nothing happening for me. So he's like, oh, shit, I'm not really working anymore. So this is kind of interesting. He goes back through Larry Hagman and is like, I want to be back on the show. 
and the network is like, we want him back on this show. But here's the problem. You just ran the man over. So in the season that Patrick Duffy's not on the show, Bobby, his character, his wife, Pam, she gets remarried. And in one of the most brilliant cliffhanger episodes ever, there's been an entire season where Patrick Duffy is dead. The wife has been remarried to a guy, right? It's the last episode of this season of Dallas. And it's the day after Pam, his wife, gets remarried. Pam is in her bed and she wakes up and she hears the shower running. And she's like, oh, okay, it's probably my husband. So she goes in, her husband Mark, and she goes into like the bathroom. And in the shower is not Mark, it's Patrick Duffy. Patty Duffs. And he just looks at her and says, good morning, and automatically cut. And so now, remember, folks, you have a whole entire summer of what the fuck? Am I seeing? Well, when's it going to be put on Netflix? <laughs> Come on, people. Get it together. So for the next four months, viewers just wondered, like, is Bobby a twin? Is this an imposter Bobby? Or if, like, the entire past season of Dallas had been, like, a dream, a bad dream. And TV Guide, like, wrote a whole article speculating, like, I wonder what it's going to be. I wonder what it's going to be. And they were like, if it's a dream, they said, besides rendering this the entire past season's episodes meaningless, what a cheat that approach would be for audiences and when it all picks up guess what it was a dream it was a dream oh well thank god patty duff's okay so thank i mean thank god so this is like one of the first instances we're seeing that the audience is being told yeah thanks for staying loyal to us we're kind of gonna screw you over now i have to say just a little side note the way they were able to keep this a secret that patrick duffy was going to be returning onto the show was very like covert and spyish may i tell you please i will according to this is to, to patrick p doves what do you call him p duffy patty duffs patty duffs not even the cast the crew or cbs executives knew that this scene had been shot and the woman who played his wife victoria principal she didn't even know it had been shot they said to her okay you walk into the, sh- the bathroom and mark is gonna be there and that's how we'll end and so she like did the scene like that they sh- they built the same bathroom set in a TV studio in New York, they put Patrick Duffy in there and they gave him fake dialogue for a soap commercial to read. So it's him in the shower and he's soaping up and he's like, good morning, do you also use Irish Spring? Totally fake commercial. They just cut before he said, do you use Irish Spring? So everyone I, thinks- I actually kind of love that. That's right? pretty brilliant. And it was edited into the actual show an hour before airtime. <laughs> so nobody knew. This That's was, crazy. So it's a cool story. It's clever, and it gets Patrick back onto the show. But it also is telling the viewers, like I said, hey, we know you trusted us and believed us in the past these season, but tough shit, it was all a dream. So while Dallas was still on the air and they like kind of screwed you on that season, what about an entire show, an entire series, where they're like, hey, none of this was real? So thanks for staying with us, but fuck you. You can kind of forgive them a little bit on Dallas, but what if they say the whole show never existed? Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. Season finales, I think, are really tough because they're rarely satisfactory, 
right? You invest so much time with these characters, and no matter what's in your head, it's never going to be as good as what you eventually see on screen. There's a few that do it really well, I think, like in the history mm-hmm. of television. I think the end of the Mary Tyler Moore show did it absolutely brilliantly because it's all about the group leaving, mm-hmm. but they're all grateful that they had the time together, and it ends so wonderful. If you've never seen the f- season finale, folks, or sorry, the series finale of Mary Tyler Moore, please do so. It's great. But the idea of a finale is, you know, you have to respect the viewers and you sort of thank them for their loyalty. That's pretty much what series finales have been since time began. But in 1988, a group of writers decided to wreak havoc with the legions of fans who stood by one of the 1980s most respected and beloved television series, St. Elsewhere. And little did they know that this finale would not only destroy their love of St. Elsewhere, but television history as we know it, all because of a snow globe. Uh, It's always a snow globe. That's what I say. It's always a snow globe. All right. So, folks, now we're going to tell you a little bit about What was St. Elsewhere? St. Elsewhere was a TV show on NBC. It lasted from 1982 to 1988. And here's a little promo about this new series. Love promo. St. Elsewhere, 1982, NBC promo. Tuesday. Is this going to hurt? Nah, piece of cake. He died, Ben, just like that. The patients are dying. Second lady today. And Dr. Chandler thinks a nurse is to blame. But Dr. Cavanero has problems of her own. What do I do now? Delivering a baby over the phone. I'll talk you through it. St. Elsewhere, Tuesday. Just think of like the other great television shows in history like Cheers, where everybody knows your name, right? Seinfeld, the show about nothing. St. Elsewhere's tagline, patients are dying. (laughs) (laughs) And going down the street. And in 1982, St. Elsewhere ranked 99th in the ratings, 99th. Guess what 100th was? Uh, the uh, Mama's Family. No, I love Mama's Family. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean it's not high in the ranking. No, you're right. Cheers. Oh, wow. And even though these shows were so low rated, Brandon Tartikoff, who ran NBC at the time, was like, no, we're going to renew them. He's like, I think they'll find their audience, which they oh. did. So St. Elsewhere, if you've never seen it, it was about the doctors, nurses, and patients who worked at Boston's rundown St. Allegis Hospital. And the hospital was so bad, everyone just called it St. Elsewhere. Like you'd rather be elsewhere. elsewhere, right? The cast, the main cast was William, Mr. Feeney, Daniels, oh, your yeah. Boy Meets World fan. And 1776. And 1776. Norman Lloyd, who, who passed away somewhat recently, but was 106 years old when he passed away. So Norman Lloyd led a great life. And Ed, not Ned, Flanders. Ed, not Ned, Flanders. They're the teaching doctors at the hospital. Now, here are the people that played the various doctors and nurses, all unknown actors at the time. Are you ready for this list of people? Yes. Ed Begley Jr. Oh. Howie Mandel. Oh, that's right. Mark Harmon. Okay. Eric Lonneville. Okay. David Morse. Okay. And an unknown actor by the name of Denzel Washington. Okay. So Denzel got his start on St. Elsewhere. It was produced by MTM. Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. Love is all around. Don't need no wasted. You can make it after all. And just visual for the audience, I'm throwing my hat in the air. <laughs> yeah. And there's an old woman staring oh, scornfully behind him. <laughs> and so MTM also produced another show that was popular this time called Hill Street Blues. blues. And what was really groundbreaking about, about Hill Street Blues and St. Elsewhere, it was both shows used very large ensemble casts, which you really hadn't seen before. There was multiple storylines in one episode. You had rotating guest stars. You had a lot of like prisoners coming into Hill Street Blues, and you had a lot of patients coming into St. Elsewhere. And they were dying. Patients are dying. 
People are being arrested. <laughs> Hill Street Blues. NBC. NBC. Brandon Tartikoff. Then on a new episode of Webster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to just give you a little interview with some of the cast members of St. Elsewhere talking a little bit about how the show works and all that stuff. And this is Ed Flanders, who played the doctor, and uh, Christina Pickles, who played one of the nurses, being interviewed by a woman named Bobby Wygant, who I feel, I folks... Love Bobby Wygant. I think we will have a Bobby Wygant episode oh, at some point. Bobby Wygant is the best. She's the craziest interviewer you've ever seen. Just here's a little bit of this interview with Ed Flanders and Christina Pickles. I wonder for... Actors, uh, you know, you're such an ensemble. Uh, do you, though, sometimes, Ed, feel that you're just lost in the crowd? And do you sometimes wish that maybe it weren't such a large cast? No, I like it. No, I'm, I'm not bothered at all that I'm not doing more, as it were, because I think when we do our scenes, they're very, they're very good and they hold water. And then on to the other thing. I think that's. Um, that's uh, that's the trick of, of the show. If, uh, I'm, I love it. I love the whole premise of it, yeah. Christina, for yourself, or do you see it in other cast members, where when you're such a large company that you're kind of wondering, oh, well, boy, so-and-so's got a real, you know, padded part this time, and I'm sitting over here all day and say three lines. And really quickly, folks, if you could just see Ed Flanders and Christina Pickles' faces, it literally looks like they're doctors talking to a crazy person. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Sure. And then what did the voices in your head say? <laughs> well, it doesn't really quite work that way. Most of the shows have uh, all of us threading through it. And occasionally they will deal with a storyline, like when I had my uh, mastectomy storyline. I had a little more to do that week and the following week. Uh, and then somebody else has a little more. It, it evens out. And actually, at this point, I don't know if it will continue in this way, but at this point we are all so happy to be there and we like each other so much and we like the stories and the scripts. The excitement is about doing the story, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I hope sure it goes on that way yeah. in <laughs> 10 years, who knows, well, we no, may do be that. saying why not. But at this point we're real happy with the way it's going. So this template that St. Elsewhere is creating is also going to inspire such shows as ER, Chicago Hope, Grey's Anatomy. But more importantly, I'm a huge, huge theme song fan. Oh, my God. And I think St. Elsewhere has one of the best theme song bops ever. Folks, here's the St. Elsewhere theme song. And then it just sort of repeats for like three more minutes. Kind of amazing. All right. The realism of St. Elsewhere. I mean, this this and Hill Street Blues look like nothing else that was on television at this time. The acting was incredibly strong. It won 13 Emmy Awards in its time on the air. The audience for this show, it's very small, but it's a mighty audience. And they're huge supporters of keeping this show on the air. Because you have to remember, St. Elsewhere did not look like anything else uh, I want to just talk to you about some of the more popular episodes okay. of St. Elsewhere. And there, there, I just think this is all really nice writing. So the first one is there was a, a doctor whose wife had passed and her heart was transplanted into another patient. And at the end of the episode, the doctor like listens to his wife's heartbeat again in someone else's body. St. Elsewhere took place in Boston 
And Cheers also took place in Boston. So NBC does a crossover episode where the characters of St. Elsewhere, the doctors, go into the Cheers bar. So here's how Norm Peterson, our resident accountant on Cheers, ends up being the accountant of a doctor on St. Elsewhere. Okay. Dr. Arslander, haven't seen you since the 1040 of 82, sir. My former accountant. Peterson, Dr. Westfold, Dr. Craig. Hi. Looking at the brains behind Auslander, a medical corporation. Oh. And uh, we're awfully sorry about that last audit, sir. The IRS didn't buy declaring my six-year-old granddaughter as an employee. Oh, she recalls, sir, I did explain that might be a bit of a reach. As a taxpayer, I was ultimately responsible. Well, (laughs) clearly. At least that Holstein deal in upstate New York worked, didn't it? Norm, you sold me a load of bull. I had to pay the government $17,000. And you also get a little bit of tax law in here, which I think is is interesting. There's another great episode where a doctor is is shot in the operating room and he sort of wavers between purgatory and heaven. One was really, I think, almost like ahead of its time in some ways. A doctor resigns in disgust over a conglomerate taking over the hospital. And on his way out, he moons them. Oh, wow. And you actually, it was the actor Ed Flanders, who was like in his mid-50s. And the censors allowed his ass to be shown on NBC because they said, yeah, it's cool because your ass isn't erotic. Like you can show your ass as long as it's not done in an arousing way. And I was like, poor Ed Flanders. Imagine his agent going like, we found out it's okay. It's okay. Oh, really? It's not going to... You know, make anyone uh, think it's too much, you know, little uh, show them a little something for me to go out on. They don't think you're attractive, Ed. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going elsewhere. And my favorite episode from St. Elsewhere is one that was about a homeless woman and her developmentally delayed husband that come into the hospital for help. And she is sick and she is dying, but she chooses to leave the hospital because she wants to be with her husband. James Coco was the husband and Doris Roberts, the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond, and they both won Emmy Awards. Oh, wow. And I think this is just a real great example of how heartwarming the show could be. So here's the scene between Doris Roberts as the homeless woman and David Morse is the doctor telling her, if you leave the hospital, you're going to die. I think this is some really nice acting. I'm old. I'm tired, and I have made every kind of mistake a woman can make. And the only thing I got that loves me is that man. Who's going to take care of him when I'm lying around here getting renovated? Besides... These dead old feet are more bothered to you than they are to me. So I think I'll keep them. Thank you very much. You'll die. Maybe you're wrong. You ever think of that? I'm not wrong. Well, if you're not, it's no big loss. You can still change your mind. Maybe I will. Isn't that great? It is so good. And can I also just say something that I have to mention about that clip that I really appreciate is the sound design. Just it like that you could hear the faintness in the background of like the hallways of the hospital. And I feel like you don't. That was like so well done. And it was I don't know. It made you feel like you were in it. Yes. For, for the 80s. I feel like I was 
like that just made it that much more it brought me into it but like just hearing the hallway you don't i guess you yeah. don't really hear that kind of stuff in medical shows really and it, that that is part of a hospital is the random hallway noise while you're talking like having a serious conversation you know like it's not just your life that's in the balance you're hearing everyone's yeah. lives and in so the balance. It, yeah, yeah. Like, like that was yeah really great Hey, friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review, please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay. Head on over to your podcast app, click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner, click Go to Show, scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless okay okay that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com search this was a thing and help us out but you know what you've already helped us out today by listening to us and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that so thank you thank you So even though you had all these doctors that were around, the leads of the show were played by Norman Lloyd, who played Dr. Daniel Auschlander, and Ed Flanders, Ed, show us your ass, Flanders, who played Dr. Donald Westfall. Now, in St. Elsewhere, we meet Dr. Westfall's son, Tommy, who's played by the actor Chad Allen, but Tommy is autistic, which had not really been seen on the show before, like autism was not something that was really talked about or was even really acknowledged on television at that time, specifically a character having autism. So Tommy is on the show, like maybe about 15 episodes of the entire series. So they do like 137 episodes. He's only on about 15. So he's there, but he's not a major part of the show. It's a reason why I'm going to be talking about Tommy. Mm -hmm. So. It's decided that the sixth season of Saying Elsewhere, their sixth season on the air, it's going to be their last because of budget cuts. Now, MTM is known for having these great endings, so Saying Elsewhere should be absolutely no different. And you have to remember that the fans are very loyal, and they're always supporting the show and keeping it on. So if anything, we have to thank the fans of Saying Elsewhere for keeping the show on the yes, air. Yes, we do. And the sponsors also kind of love St. Elsewhere because even though St. Elsewhere did not have a lot of people watching it, the people that were watching it was the prime demographic for sponsors, men ages 18 through 49. So that's one of the things that helped keep St. Elsewhere on the air. But this audience really needs to be appreciated for keeping this show going and saying, yes, we believe in you. So they're loyal. They should be rewarded. All right. So, folks, in May of 1988, a lot of good shows are going to end, and they're all competing for ratings and interviews and a last hurrah. So, also ending in May of 1988, Cagney and Lacey, uh, The Facts of Life. Take the good, you take the bad. Girls! Magnum P.I. Mm, God, he's so good looking. And Punky Brewster. Punky! Punky! And of course, my favorite show of the 1980s has gone away as well in May of 1988. Oh, what is it? Yahtzee, the game show. Oh, uh, I bet that sounded great. This show 
is ending. Wednesday, it's the final hour of one of television's finest hours. The end of the world as we know it. Over till the fat lady sings. Closing a chapter of television history. St. Elsewhere's last episode, Wednesday. So the finale of St. Elsewhere has to be something really special. Now, the writers of St. Elsewhere were always pushing the envelope because we saw that on some of the episodes that we were just talking about. And so they feel like we'll push the envelope again for our series finale. So the first draft of the script that they come up with was to be set in 2017 Ah. with futuristic costumes and gadgetry. God, I wish this happened. And old Dr. Auschlander, played by Norman Lloyd, was still going to be there still operating via bionic implants all over his body. Wow. They kind of predicted it correctly because Norman Lloyd lived to be like 100-something, so he was still around in 2017. With bionic implants. With bionic implants. <laughs> and then NBC was like, how much is this going to cost us? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, we don't have money for this. We're not CBS. We're not CBS. You know how much money we lost on the Webster Coke scandal of 1985? <laughs> so the showrunner, Tom Fontana, This is a quote of his, and I think it just gives you a good idea of what's happening on St. Elsewhere. He said, we always thought we were going to be canceled from the very first season, so we always had this list, quote, in the kitchen. And when somebody got a stupid idea of what the last episode would be, you just write it down on a sheet of paper. And I remember one was, it's just so funny to think about it now, one was Dr. Westfall calls Morrison into his office and he says, I have something to tell you I've never told any human being. And Morrison says, what is it, Dr. Westfall? And he goes, I was the second gunman on the grassy knoll. And now that I've told you, I have to kill you. And he pulls out a gun and shoots Morrison. The other thing the writers did not like at this time was that all these other TV shows were doing reunion shows. Shows that had been on like in the 60s were now doing reunion shows in the 80s. And they were like, we don't want to do that because that's just embarrassing for everybody. So they thought, what if we write the reunion show now and shoot that as our last episode? And they were like, no, this is a pretty stupid idea. (laughs) So they have to come up with something else. And what they do come up with feels... Overall, pretty traditional. So in true St. Elsewhere fashion, it's got some comedy bits in it too. But here's pretty much the ending, the last episode of St. Elsewhere. They decide that they're going to do an homage to the end of other television shows that were famous. So there's like an homage to the ending of The Fugitive and an homage to the end of MASH. And then uh, they do the Mary Tyler Moore emotional huddle where a bunch of the doctors, you know, all hug each other and they don't want to let go. And they all move en masse to get the box of tissues like Mary Tyler Moore. The MASH one, there's a doctor in the morgue and he's examining patient 4077 named Henry Blake. And if you remember, MASH was the 4077 Mm -hmm. and Henry Blake was the guy who died in the helicopter crash on MASH, right? Yeah. And the episode actually, as you watch it, because you're like, this feels like a very traditional finale with characters like moving away, like David Morse is moving away and Howie Mandel is moving away. Norman Lloyd's doctor dies. Uh. So, and Ed Flanders, mooning Ed Flanders, decides his character's coming back to run the hospital. I'm going to sun him this time. I'm going to sun him. And so Ed Flanders takes over the hospital again. And we're two minutes away from the end of the episode. Two minutes away. And you go, what? how are they going to fill these two minutes? Oh, maybe there'll be credits rolling or maybe they'll do like a little like look at the camera and they go. Bloopers. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for like being with us and stuff. Like I said, we're two minutes away. How's it going to end? And so Westfall, that's Ed Flanders. He goes into the office of the dead Dr. Oshlander and he looks around. And so you're kind of expecting like some tears or a poignant moment. And this is now his territory now. 
And all of a sudden, his autistic son runs mm-hmm. in, and they stare at the window together as the snow is falling outside the window. And it's kind of a nice, beautiful moment, but you're like, they still have some time to fill. How is this going to end? And Flanders sits down in Dr. Oshlander's chair, and he's looking around, and he's thinking, and you're like, wow, he's he's taking charge of everything. And then the camera pans up from Ed Flanders to Chad Austin as the son, and then they cut to an exterior shot of the hospital, St. Allegis, with the snow falling on it. And you're like, huh, okay, well, that's a sweet way to end. And all of a sudden, the exterior of the hospital starts shaking violently. And all of a sudden, it's a smash cut. We are in what looks like a very sad-looking apartment. And there's Tommy, his son, sitting on the floor, playing with a snow globe. And above him, sitting in a recliner, is someone reading a newspaper. And all of a sudden, the front door of this dingy apartment opens, and there's Ed Flanders. And he's dressed as a construction worker. And they have dyed Ed's hair from gray to a jet black. Hi, Pop, how are you doing? And the newspaper's is lowered. Oh, no. And it's Norman Lloyd. Oh, my God. And he says, Good. How was your day up on the building? Well, we uh, finally topped off the 22nd story. Kind of like an in-joke because there's 22 episodes. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dr. Oshlander and Dr. Westfall are father and son, and then Tommy's the grandson? What the hell is happening? Then Ed Flanders comes into the living room and he looks at Norman Lloyd, referring to Tommy on the floor, and says, How's he been to give you any trouble? He's been sitting there ever since you left this morning, just like he does every day. World of his own. So Tommy starts shaking the snow globe. Ed Flanders takes the snow globe away from his son. Careful with that, son. Remember I told you that? I don't understand this autism thing, Pop. Here's my son. I talk to him. I don't even know if he can hear me. He sits there all day long in his own world, staring at that toy. What's he thinking about? All right, all right, come on, son. Let's go wash our hands, all right? Ed Flanders puts the snow globe onto the television set The camera closes up onto the snow globe, and what's inside the snow globe? Howie Mandel. (laughs) It's the St. Allegis Hospital inside the snow globe. So the snow globe has St. Allegis Hospital in it. Therefore, this was all the fantasy of young Tommy Westfall. The series never existed. Thank you, Snow Globe. Oh, my. That's, well, that's how 30 Rock ended. It ends with Kenneth shaking a snow globe, and then it pans out, and it's Rockefeller Center, behind, and then it's just snow. Did you know that when you were watching 30 Rock, that, it, that they're doing a throwback to St. Elsewhere? No. Friends, you just learned something very interesting. One, Ray had no idea that this was related to St. Elsewhere. And 30 Rock is topical humor. But don't 
So they've just literally told this audience that has stayed by them so loyally. Guess what? Not only was this episode a dream, the entire thing was a dream. None of this ever happened. To make it even more depressing, you know, at the end of like the MTM shows, there was always like a little cat that would yep. meow. Well, the MTM cat in this one that just normally meowed is now in a hospital bed and he pulls the plug on himself. Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? You feel like season nine of Dallas was like, yeah, we got to beat. And St. Elsewhere was like, hold my beer, motherfuckers. Watch yeah. this. <laughs> if the audience was angry, guess who was even angrier? The actors. Here are some quotes from some of the actors oh, about great. what happened when they when they read and watched this for the first time. William Daniels. I was shocked, but they did want to end the show and not have Little St. Elsewhere coming after it. Bonnie Bartlett, who played his wife. I was very upset. I thought it was terrible. A terrible ending. David Morse. I felt two things. I felt one thing when I read it and one thing when I saw it. When I read it, I thought it was amazing. Only these people would come up with this idea. And I thought it was very touching. And then I thought saw it and I thought... It's too much. It's just too big a leap. We can't just take that jump from seeing these people, Norman, Ed, and Bill, and this young boy for six years, and suddenly we're supposed to believe that they're other people. It's just asking too much from all of us. Calm down, David. Christina Pickles, I have no idea what it means. Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> I wasn't upset. I went, wow, that is quite a choice. <laughs> That's such an Ed, Ed Begley yeah. Jr. choice. <laughs> And Howie Mandel, I thought it was really interesting. And then finally, Norman Lloyd. He said, they'd been talking about Citizen Kane. I tell you, the last episode, I never bought it. I said at the time we were shooting, this is a cheat. For me, it was a cheat. But for others, it was a stroke of inspiration. So you pick your horse and place your bet. I really had very little to say about that episode because I thought it was a letdown. We went through this experience and I wanted it to be maintained as a real one, not a dream. I felt it wasn't serious. The great thing about the show that even in its comedy, it was serious even if you go to alice in wonderland and he has the wonderful poem life is but a dream in it still it was serious <laughs> the ending was not serious to me so the audiences really hated it they felt betrayed there was a sense of how dare you do this to us we stood by you but there was also another half that was like cool you always push the envelope so why would this last episode be any different now you thought that it couldn't get any weirder when it came to endings but mtm was able to do the it was all a dream and be praised for it and while most will say saint elsewhere was the worst ending of all time they will say that the other mtm show at the time new heart was the most brilliant yeah finale of all time it's funny that it's the same company that did both of those yeah and so folks if you don't know new the, the new heart ending really is so genius. I'm going to give you a little history on it if you don't know it. So Bob Newhart was a very successful stand-up comedian. He had a very funny show on in the 70s called The Bob Newhart Show. In it, he played a therapist. He lived in Chicago, and he was married to the great actress Suzanne Plachette in the show, right? Then from like 1982 to 1990, he did another TV series called Newhart, where he played a guy named Dick Loudon who lived in Vermont. He owned an inn, and he was married to this gorgeous blonde actress named Mary Fran. In the last episode of Newhart, which is 1990, Japanese businessmen buy the inn from Bob Newhart, and they turn it into a golf course. Mm -hmm. and right at the end of the episode, a golf ball comes flying and hits him in the head, and he gets knocked unconscious. We cut away to black. And now it's Bob Newhart, and he's in bed, but not the bed of the Newhart set, the bed of the Bob Newhart TV show set. And laying next to him is Suzanne Plachette, his first wife from the Bob Newhart show. 
Apparently, she'd been laying there since the Bob Newhart show was canceled. Yeah, she was a, what a pro. Yeah. All right, Bob. What is it? Well, I, I was an innkeeper in this crazy little town in Vermont. I'm happy for you. In some ways, he's saying, yeah, it was a dream. <laughs> so it's that saying elsewhere, like, fuck you, it was a dream. But also... Look where I was dreaming from, though. Yeah. From my old TV show. People loved it. St. Elsewhere is one of those TV shows that was very much a product of its time. Like I said, it inspired so many other shows, medical dramas that are more serious. I can't really think right. I mean, Scrubs was funny, but like bizarre funny. Yeah. St. Elsewhere was always rooted in a reality that just had some humor associated with it. We don't really see that anymore. And so I think now anytime a big television series ends and it ends in an unsatisfactory manner, people I think will always say, oh, it's kind of St. Elsewhere-esque or it was like St. Elsewhere. And you know, you also have to remember back at these times, like, you know, People at the water cooler moments the next day. Did you see St. Elsewhere last night? Nowadays, we kind of always know what the ending is going to be. It always gets leaked in some way, shape, oh, yeah, or form. It's always, it'll be on one forum or Twitter or Yeah, but just imagine, photos. you know, you're sitting at home with all your friends. You've watched St. Elsewhere from the beginning. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, why, he's a construction worker? And like, and none of this ever happened? Ima- imagine like having, like, nowadays you could like text a group chat. Like, oh my God, there's a group chat. Imagine like... <laughs> If you have a group of friends, like, who am I going to call first? I'm going to mention like five series finales. And all of them, I remember when they came out, all got compared. And they were like, this was really bad. Not saying elsewhere bad, but bad. The ending of Roseanne. Mm -hmm. Remember when you found out that Dan Connor did die? he was gone. And that everything was a dream, right? I liked the Seinfeld finale. I thought the Seinfeld finale was funny, especially that they all had to, like, the trial. It was just perfect, especially for how despicable of people they were. Yeah, they all went to jail. People were like, this is not what I no, wanted. And I, I think it's great. And I think it was Larry David who said, you know, that what's, what's in the audience's mind of how the series will end, no matter what you do, it will it never, never live up to what's in their imagination. So just go out with a bang. I mean, the big one was, you know, the Sopranos. Yeah. Just that cut to black. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Lost. Mm-hmm. Lost pissed me off, I think, because I remember watching Lost. I'm like, oh, they're all dead. <laughs> At the beginning, I was like, they're all dead. Yeah. And remember all the writers like, they're not dead. They're not dead. Yeah. That's not it. They're not dead. They're not dead. They're... And everyone was invested. And then what'd you find out in the last episode? Do you think when the writers are premiered on TV, they're like, oh, they're never going to figure it out. They're never going to figure it out. After season one, people are like, they're dead. They're like, fuck. We're in trouble. JJ. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> we made a mistake. And this is, a, I will be honest with you, this is the only finale I saw that I'm like, this is worse than the St. Elsewhere finale. And I actually remember watching this series. And when it ended, I literally took my sneaker and threw it at the television because I was like, how dare you do this to us? And folks, that's the 2013 series finale of Dexter. That's my least favorite ending of all time. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. He's a lumberjack. That was the end of this series. He was a lumberjack living in the mountains. That's what you gave us. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Now, the St. Elsewhere finale, yes, it pissed off a bunch of people, but it did something even more incredible, which is it pretty much said in its subliminal form, any TV show you watch just never existed at all. We're going to explain that when we get back. Oh. This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, this is a sketch.
Hey, you seen that snow globe that I keep on the credence in the living room? Oh, that old thing? I gave it to the Westfall boy in 17F. You what? He came over with his father yesterday. He was enamored with the thing, so I told him he could have it. You should have seen how much he likes seeing the snowfall. You, how could you give it away? I told you that was my special snow globe. I got it from that Romanian woman who was my neighbor when I was a kid. It was just an old rundown hospital in there. Who has a snow globe of a hospital anyway? You want a nice snow globe? Maybe go to Kaiser Permanente. There were people in that hospital, goddammit. People. How could people fit in that tiny little hospital? They were tiny little people. A whole hospital staff and patients and Doris Roberts. What have you done? Why in the world would you have something like that? You don't understand. You see, when I was a boy, I left a flaming bag of shit on an old Romanian woman's porch. The next day, she left something for me on my parents' porch. That snow globe. But this wasn't just any snow globe. It was a cursed snow globe. She told me that I had to watch over the tiny little staff of St. Allegis for the rest of my days. And now they're gone. And so will I be, soon. Oh, Jesus Christ, you relapsed again, didn't you? What the hell are you talking about? I can smell the glue fumes coming out of your dirty, sticky mouth. Go back to the garage! Thank you. This was a sketch. All right, folks. So, yes, people were a little bit angry about the St. Elsewhere finale. You can watch it. You know, chime in. Let us know if you remember watching it and what you think about it. But what it did create, which is something that is still happening now, is a website. You can go to this website, and it's called the Tommy Westfall Effect. Let me pull up the website. Just give me a second. Oh, there it is. (laughs) This website was created by a guy named Keith Gow. And this was Keith's theory. Because Tommy dreamed the series... And every other series that has crossed over with it. Oh, I love this. So his imagination has created a continuity that now spans over 450 television series. His dreams have gone back in time to series in the 1950s and continues to series currently airing. They include dramas, sitcoms, and science fiction. Is Tommy in the TV Hall of Fame? He should be. Yes. Actually, well, now there is no TV Hall of Fame because there's no television, according to Tommy. That's true. So, folks, here's what we mean by what Tommy has wrought onto the world. Cheers did a crossover episode, right, with St. Elsewhere. Because St. Elsewhere is not real, that means Cheers is not real. Mm -hmm. Because Cheers is not real, that means Frasier is not real. real. And Frasier did an episode of Wings, and that means Wings. Is not real. Is Niles real? Niles is always real. Okay, I just want to make sure. We'll give you another one. Alfre Woodard, the great Alfre Woodard, played a character on St. Elsewhere called Dr. Roxana Turner. The character of Dr. Roxana Turner showed up on Homicide, Life on the Streets, mm-hmm. which has Richard Belzer as Detective oh, yeah. Munch, who has shown up on every single Law & Order spinoff, as well as Law & Order. Therefore... All All Law and Order order. doesn't exist. Even criminal intent. Doesn't exist. Now, Detective Munch, also from Homicide, they think he's patient zero for the Westfall effect. He also appeared on the (laughs) X-Files. There's no X-Files. He appeared on the wire. There is no wire. So do you understand what we're doing here? Oh, my God. That is so funny. St. Elsewhere also shared characters with It's the Gary Shandling Show. Okay. Gary Shandling crossed over with the Andy Griffith Show. (laughs) Wait, what? So that means Gomer Pyle. 
Mayberry RFD and Make Room for Daddy, the Danny Thomas show, don't exist anymore. And Make Room for Daddy did a crossover with I Love Lucy, which means I Love Lucy does not exist anymore. <laughs> so I'm starting to think, like, what is the one TV show that Tommy Westfall has not touched? Oh, geez. Uh, drag Race. Dra- absolutely Drag Race. <laughs> the one thing that actually exists yeah. <laughs> in television is RuPaul's Drag Imagine Race. Imagine the world if the only thing on television was Drag Race. God, it'd be a much it better be place. Fabulous. It would be a much, much better place. So the question is, is, you know, what would the response of this be? Today, how do you think current people would react to having the rug pulled out from under them in this way? You know, I I feel like nowadays it would just be all over Twitter and there would be the two factions because I remember like when Game of Thrones ended, there was, I mean, it was more heavy on people going, I am so mad at this. I'm so mad. But then there's the people like, I thought that show ended good. I liked the way that show ended. And so I don't, I'm not going to fight with the people who hate it. But yeah, I just... I feel like I would have loved to see the differing opinions without social media back in the day, like at the water cooler. I mean, water cooler talk, yeah. you know, and there were lots of reviews, you know, I, I'm not going to read them all to you, but all these different, how dare you, how dare you, how dare you, how dare you. But it also liberated a lot of TV shows. Oh, like, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like this probably made tons of TV shows feel like they could maybe try something new maybe not for a series finale but like even a a season finale where they could they could maybe come back if it's not received well but i mean even like you said new heart that's not that goes down as one of the greatest endings of all time so like today the equivalent of this outrage would be game of thrones probably i mean really i feel like that's the most i can remember like sopranos was big but i think social media was still in its infancy so it wasn't you didn't see it as much but i feel like game of thrones and saint elsewhere are now like up there in terms of bad endings you know like game of thrones now is in the same conversation as saying elsewhere there's been bad endings but game of thrones in the last 30 years there hasn't been one that's pissed people off that much no 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 and i you know what i will say i have come to praise saying elsewhere not to bury it you have to remember overall folks the last episode of saying elsewhere is a brilliantly written keeping in the tone of the show i mean one of the funny things that they have running through the last episode is Howie Mandel is trying to help a very large opera lady gain her voice back because she's lost her voice. And then finally, at the end, the uh, the fat lady sings. I appreciate that. So that's in there. And it fits within everything and it wraps everything up real nicely. So the last two minutes of it, while people are like, I, it ruined the whole thing for me. The one thing I would just love for people to remember is you fell in love with St. Elsewhere because it continuously pushed the envelope Mm -hmm. it continuously broke rules it said this is how television is normally done and this is how we're gonna do it so you have to applaud them literally right until the credits rolled they were like we're gonna push the envelope one more time and you see that kind of writing nowadays all the time now and like we were just saying like you you wouldn't have that without saying elsewhere taking that leap and those writers having the balls to do something like that so folks the finale of saint elsewhere this was a thing and in some ways it still even is a thing check out that tommy westfall universe see if you can play that game with your friends and see how many television shows you love that don't exist anymore so are you ready raymond Uh for a little game i am ready This was a thing, and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. With Mark Schroeder. So if somebody were to ask me what saint elsewhere was the patron saint of, 
if saint elsewhere were a real saint i would probably say snow globes <laughs> maybe oh, the, yeah the pa- yes. patron saint of snow globes maybe would make the most sense there's a patron saint of everything exactly and that was my thought exactly so we're gonna play a game called recognizing your saints oh okay you're both gonna work together i'm gonna list 10 saints here real saints and then two options for what they are the patron saint of okay one that's real one that is fake you're gonna guess you have 50 50 shot which just like the doctors in saying elsewhere probably 50 50 shot of saving any of their they were good doctors (laughs) yeah not like those er hacks no i'm sorry ed bagley jr over george clooney any day any i mean if they're if it's a good looking person they're probably not a good doctor no i'm gonna say absolutely not that's what i think so here you go 10 saints two options each you tell me what they're the patron saint of Saint Swithbert. Is Saint Swithbert the patron saint of angina sufferers or impotence? Uh, angina sufferers. Yeah, I gotta say angina sufferers. Or clean floors. <laughs> that's Swiffer. That's Saint Swiffer. Oh, sorry. You're thinking of Saint Swiffer. This is angina sufferers. So, again, if you feel that pain, tightness in your chest, maybe call your doctor and then pray to Saint Swiffer. And, little, little fun fact, uh, if you do have angina, do you know what they give you for your angina? They make you sniff amyl nitrate which is now used by the gay community, and it's known as poppers. Oh. But it originally started as amyl nitrate. St. Agatha. Was St. Agatha the patron saint of breast cancer or headaches? Headaches. That yeah, sounds headaches. headaches. That's a breast cancer patron saint. Oh, really? St. Agatha, patron saint of breast cancer. St. Apollonia, not the prince music prodigy. <laughs> Obviously, she's a saint. <laughs> I mean, we're all praying to her, but patron saint of toothaches or stubbed toes? Yeah, I gotta say toothaches. It is toothaches. And this because she refused to denounce the, the religion and they like broke all her teeth like oh. a lot of these people became patron saints of an injury because that injury was like inflicted upon them by persecuting Jesus. people the one for angina was just eating too much spicy food and they're like well <laughs> yeah. guess what you're a saint now they just kept uh feeding her trans fats saint demetius is that the patron saint of diverticulitis or sciatica? What the fuck? <laughs> These are real. I'm going to say diverticulitis. Sciatica. Sciatica. I mean, they're both weird options, but there's patron, like you said at the beginning, there's a patron saint. Hey, everything. For everything. Saint Fiacre, F-I-A-C-R-E. Fiacre? Saint Fiacre. Is this the patron saint of hemorrhoids or bunions? Well... Here's my thinking. Sure. Hemorrhoids feels like fire sometimes, and fire is cray. Fire cray, so I'm going to say hemorrhoids. You're absolutely right. I Woo! love the reasoning. I love See, the reasoning. You got to think like a Catholic. You got very right, simple. Right. For, think like <laughs> without a question. Catholic. St. Paulina. Is St. Paulina the patron saint of diabetics or arthritis? Diabetics. Diabetics is right. You think of Paula Deen, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Bada, bada, bada. <laughs> yeah, right. St. Quiteria. Is this the patron saint of rabies or eczema? <laughs> Quiteria? Quiteria. So she gives up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Which one feels like a more Which giving Which one feels up? like I can't do Rabies or eczema? Would you just say, ah, I'm throwing in the towel? Eczema, I feel like. Eczema. Rabies. Rabies. Oh. Patron saint of rabies. Saint Trifon. Is that the patron stain of bee stings or bed bugs? I gotta say bee stings. Yeah, bee stings. Don't let those bed bugs bite. You better pray to St. Trifon, the patron saint of bed bugs. How do they have a saint for that? They got a saint for everything, wrong. <laughs> it's a catch-all. Cat, that religion's just a big net. Who's the patron saint of podcasts? <laughs> it's you, baby. Huh? Two more. St. Quentin. Is this the patron saint of constipation or fluid retention? Let's say constipation. Fluid retention. Ah! So if you're having trouble with that, St. Quentin Tarantino is your man. And he does look like he has some fluid retention issues sometimes. Last saint. St. Denise... 
Is she the patron saint of ice cream headaches or bicycle accidents? <laughs> Either way, I feel I, I'm gonna I'm I'm bice, I'm hoping it's bicycle accidents. Yeah, like, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's bike bicycle like, accidents. I just imagine like these Italian women, like, oh Saint Denise. <laughs> oh, why again? Saint Denise is always hitting his family. What if somebody paver these roads? Hey, <laughs> Saint Denise again. It's cobblestone. I got no shocks. <laughs> <laughs> So these all join St. Elsewhere, the patron saint of snow globes. And like we said at the beginning, there is a patron saint for everything. So just look upward and pray, whatever your problem is. And it's there. Catholic Church has something for you. You know what? I'm curious. Who's the patron saint of gays? That's a trick question, I think. <laughs> they got a patron saint for everything. G-A-Z-E? Not my people. Like no, gazing? No, no, they for probably gazing, have that yeah, before they gazing. have homosexuals. You know, they, if, if they have a patron saint for like having your teeth busted out of your head... <laughs> They should, they should have, have a patron for... saint. Saint Sebastian. I looked up patron saint of homosexuals, and Saint Sebastian came up. Of course, his name is Sebastian, <laughs> and of course, it starts with an S, just to fuck with us. Was he the one that was shot with all the arrows? I think. Uh, traditional belief killed during the Roman Emperor. Uh, he was shot, tied, to, shot with arrows. Yeah. How do you know that? I did research on saints for your game, my friend. And Hi. I was going to say the joke I was driving toward was just because he was penetrated, but that was. <laughs> hey. Okay. Hi, I'm Saint Sebastian. <laughs> you better pray to me. Ooh, that's for Hail Mary's sister. Saint Sebastian should be on Drag Race. <laughs> Candy Muse, some might say that dress is heavenly. When I took the arrows out, this dress became holy. Saint Denise is like, God, I want him on a bike. <laughs> 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 All right, friends, if you saw the St. Elsewhere finale or if you uh, have some other finales that you were disappointed by, let us know. We mentioned a few of them on this show, Game of Thrones, Dexter, Seinfeld. But if there's ones that we've forgotten, hit us up. Let us know. We did forget some. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. All right, friends, until next time, we'll see you in a snow globe. And this is ending with Rob shaking a snow globe this episode. Do you hear it? Okay. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cutcut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 